Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, no matter where you are around the world and whatever time zone you are in. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is always my joy, as you know, to have you here each week on my show. I just love, love, love hearing comments from my listeners around the world. I got some great emails the other day about some people who had said that the last few shows have really impacted them greatly and they're going to be sending me some emails about how their lives and their businesses have changed because of some shows with Tiffany Bova and Daniel Burris and uh, Brandon Webb and John David Mann and Bob Berg just to name a few and I know that that's going to be some more stuff happening because of my guest that's going to be on the show today so I have a really cool question to ask you are you an SOB? all of my listeners out there, it's not quite what you think. I'm overjoyed, really seriously overjoyed to be able to have my this guest on today. I have Dr. Gail Carson, the spunky old broad. That's her branding. She's sticking to it and she really does live it. She's a spunky old broad who kicks butt. She even wrote a book about it that's a bestseller. She's grown businesses from zero divisions to seven um, organizations around the world. She's consulted on six continents, 50 countries, 49 states. She, if if it's possible to do it, she has done it. So, uh, Dr. Gail Carson, please welcome to the show. Excited to have you here. Thanks, Laura. I am absolutely delighted to be here. You know, and it, I, I love how connections happen, right? So we met because of a friend who's been a guest on my show, Jackie Lappin. And, you know, it, it's one of those things that if my mother had not passed away, I probably would not have been at the event helping Jackie out at her booth that was right next to your booth and we wouldn't have met. Or maybe, you know, the universe would have had us meet another way. And I wish my mom hadn't passed away, but I know she's been directing my life since she passed away almost a year ago. Um, so it, I'm sure in your life you've encountered a lot of that kind of well, you know, synergistic. I, I have to say, Laura, you know, I have to just say to you right now when people ask me, who was my greatest mentor? I always say my mom. The way I was raised, her values, her ethics. I mean, absolutely, I think of her often because she really directed who I am today. So I agree with you. Yeah, my mom too, and I know she's directing me from heaven, so it still gets me very emotional. <laughs> well, I believe it. I feel the same way. Yeah. Um, it was just her birthday, so happy birthday, Mom. Uh <laughs> and I'll say happy birthday to her as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. We always had huge birthday party celebrations for her. And, you know, I, my mom was a true SOB. And everybody that knew her would just say she's spunky, she's amazing, she's always on fire, she had the best sense of humor. She just seemed to be able to bounce back from everything and nothing seemed to phase her. What is it about you, your spunky old broad band, brand, that you think really resonates even more so in the world today? 
I think, you know, it, it, of course, you know, there were far simpler times many years ago. And today we're bombarded with messages from everywhere. Everybody knows exactly what you're doing every minute. If you don't think that they do, I mean, you just see all these videos of everybody everywhere. So it's complicated. And so I think there's a lot of things that happen to people or situations they go through that would rather be private, but they're public because they just don't have a choice. So I think it's really, again, a resiliency that you have to have. I mean, certainly I've had to have it in all the things that I've been through. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if it was born in me, but I can tell you that um, I've just always been like that. I, I, I get depressed for maybe 30 seconds, and then I'm back and saying, well, come on, it's going to be a better day, and I know I can do this, and everybody else has problems and so forth and so on. So I really think it's a lot of, um, you know, I think, you know, they always talk about nature or nurture, but I really think it comes from a lot of how you were raised and your basic feelings inside. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on in today's world that we don't agree with. Do you think it's a generational thing? Now, I'm at, I was born in 1963, so I'm at the tail end of the boomers. But I've noticed a difference between the boomer generation, who you work with predominantly, and the later generations. Do you think that resiliency is because of that or not? Have you seen a difference? Well, I see a difference in uh, when you say the, the later generation, what what age are you talking about? Are you talking about the really older generation like me? No, <laughs> no, the, 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 the youngers, the, well, the 20s you know, and 30s. I think, first of all, remember, they're a product of many of the people who, who um, are probably listening to this show. And we created those people. And I really think that um, maybe they haven't gone through the hardships or the... the um, you know, the trials and tribulations. I mean, everybody has something in their life, but there are people who have gone through a lot. And, of course, a lot of people also, the millennial generation and younger, is brought up with technology. And what was it just a, a week ago I heard, absolutely, which I knew this, but it was substantiated, that they would rather text each other uh, rather than talk to each other, even though they're in the same room. So uh, we knew that, those of us who study communication, but it was proven by a study done that they prefer to text even in the same room. And it's a, it's a whole different way of approaching life. Yeah, and it's, it's a way I struggle with myself because my mother always said I was born with a microphone in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I would also say that um, it, it's a, I think it's a, I think it's, it's what's accepted, you know, and so the younger people today are just into that, and I'll tell you, I never text until about six years ago when I was selling my home and moving into an apartment, and the realtor that I was dealing with would not answer emails, and he would not answer the phone, and the only way he got in touch with you is through texts. And I thought, this is absolutely bizarre, but I learned to text because that's the only way I could communicate with him. And uh, that's when it all started, and that was only six years ago. And yet you just seem like such a pro at it. <laughs> so it's really interesting to me. And I've had to do a lot of texting since June because I've had this severe vertigo that when I talk, 
it would trigger the vertigo because I would hear my voice echoing through my head. So I couldn't talk to people on the phone. I did my radio show, but then I'd go home and like be completely debilitated to do from doing my show. And I was like, it was okay. It got the word across and it kept me connected, but it wasn't the same as like what you and I are doing right now. I felt that you couldn't get those emotions going back and forth. And, and you've spent your life, Dr. Gale, helping people communicate their message, finding out who they really are and who they want to be and then transmitting it. How does that require speaking? Can it be done through just email and social media or is there something else that needs to happen? Well, I think it can be done through through social media, but not in the depth that we would like because first of all, nobody wants to read long emails. Nobody uh, wants to read long texts. So you're limited as to how much you can really say. Whereas in a conversation, if there is some um, uh, simpatico going, people will talk to you for a longer period of time and expect to. And even on the telephone, people will talk to you longer than they would if they were uh, doing it in an email or a text. And you can also get the, the feeling of the person. So it's not the same, but on the other hand, if you didn't know any better, if you're raised in the now generation and you had never experienced all the other things like the telephone, I mean, you know, what are they saying now that, that kids are not even, uh, kids, you know, teens are not even that interested in Facebook anymore. So it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole different form of communication. Not that I enjoy, but it is another form of communication. The world is changing and we need to change with it. All right, we're going to go into our first commercial break and we'll be right back with more from Dr. Gail Carson, the spunky old broad. Dr. Gail, this whole concept of spunky old broad, SOB, where did it come from? Well, not a very clever place, actually. <laughs> I was um, I was sitting in the back of a Florida Speakers Association meeting and um, unfortunately making a little bit of a bit because we were all talking back there. There were four of us, and and the speaker was speaking, and that's a very discourteous thing to do as a professional speaker. So I said, you know, uh, we really need to be quiet. However, I said, we're just a bunch of FOBs, spunky old broads, and that's how it actually started. <laughs> and it's interesting because there are some women who just resent the word old, and some even resent the word word broad, but I always say if you don't like spunky old broad, you know, then you're not one of my peeps. On the other hand, I always say I am the SOB, but for others, SOB stands for spunky, open, and brave. So that makes a a little bit of a difference. Oh, I like that. Spunky, open, and brave. And and that crosses multiple generations. Absolutely. Absolutely it does. Although you really are the... yeah, some of the people I've met who are 30, 35, 40 say, well, <laughs> I'm an SB. So, you know, I guess it applies to everybody. But yet you've spent your your later career really just focused on working with women over the age of 50. What is it about that group that you feel has so much to offer the world and has the biggest challenges doing it? Well, I think when 
people, especially women, uh, this happens to men too, but especially to women, when they reach 50, it's like a magic number, and they think that their life is over, and to me, it's just beginning. I mean, I would love to be 50 again, and it's just beginning with a lot of new things and a lot of new opportunities, because you're becoming an empty nester, uh, you don't have the same kind of responsibilities you did, uh, you're somewhere in your career where you can make a decision whether I want to stay or go. But it also signals the fact that, you know, maybe I'm over the hill. So a lot of people who reach 50 are just, you know, they, they don't know where to go next. So I found that by working with this group and showing them that it just never ends, I mean, it's, it's, that's my passion. I love doing it because I want women everywhere to know that it's just beginning. There's so much opportunity out there for you. doesn't matter what corporate America says. If they say you're too old or they've downsized you, it's what's in your heart and your head. Well, what would you say to my listeners that are 50 or above that are feeling that way? to help them start snapping out of that? Well, first of all, I think you should talk to your friends. Ask them what they love about you because they're going to say things uh, about you that you would never think of for yourself because you just accept them. And so if you say, what, what is really unusual about me? What do you like about me? Uh, what sets me apart from anybody else? They will have words for you that you just don't, use on yourself. So that's number one. Number two, I would say, you know, put yourself in the dream phase and say, okay, if all my bills were paid, I had no responsibilities, and I could wave this magic wand and do and be anything I would want, what would that be? I mean, you'd be surprised what comes out of your mouth and your head. And when you start thinking about it, like a day or two later, something will appear. So you you really have to take a look at where you are and say, what do I really want? Because a lot of people are leading a life that was given to them by somebody else. You should do this. You should do that. You have this responsibility. You have this obligation. And so they, they, and then you get into a rut. I mean, it's easy to do the same thing every single day. And it doesn't take much energy or much uh, imagination to create something new. So... When you are giving yourself permission to dream and to be anybody or anything you want, it makes a big difference. It's it's interesting you said giving yourself permission to dream. I want to really challenge all of my listeners out there to ask yourself that, what, what Gail just said. Are you giving yourself permission to dream? You know, Gail, I've worked with my clients uh, quite a bit, and they tend to be all different age groups, but most of them tend to be the 40 to 60, um, although I have a bunch from college in their 20s and 30s. But that whole concept of dreaming, I, I feel like a lot of women gave up that dreaming for their families. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. I mean, they have done what was expected of them. You were expected to have a job. You were expected to get married. You were expected to be the best mother in the world. You were expected to be uh, chief cook and bottle washer. Uh, unfortunately or fortunately, I never subscribed uh, to any of that, so I've had a very uh, innovative life. But on the other hand, I did have uh, three children that I raised, and I did have a wonderful marriage until my husband passed away for 45 years. So it can be done, but you have to make the right choices and the right people have to be involved. That's something that 
quite a few people fear, that whole right choices thing. Well, how do I know if I'm making the right choice? So what would you say to those people about helping them figure out how to make some right choices? Well, I think you have to be very honest. Some people laugh when I tell them this story, but uh, when we got married, my husband had two children who I raised from the ages of really two and three uh, because he got custody of, a way, custody of them way back in 1960, which is unimaginable, but... Um, when we when we were dating, and I did not expect to have any children, um, I said to him, because yeah, he asked me to marry him for a very long time, and I said no for a very long time, three and a half <laughs> years. And uh, I said, well, you know, my career will always come first, you will come second, and the kids will come third. And he said, well, that's okay, because the kids will come first, because you'll always take care of yourself, you'll come second, and my career will come third. And that's kind of how we operated. Even though we had this great, passionate romance, and we had a wonderful uh, time with each other, and, you know, we, we raised the kids and everything, but we were very honest, and he never asked where I was going or why I wasn't home or uh, why I traveled so much or any of these things. And, you know, that's very rare, and he loved being home. You mentioned I, you know, worked on, uh, what, five or six continents. I went to Australia to work five times, and he came with me twice, <laughs> and he said, that's enough, you know, and I went to Indonesia five times, and he came twice, and he said, that's enough. I mean, he just loved being home. I mean, he loved to go different places, but he really enjoyed his home, and he loved his kids, and so that was what he loved to do. You guys had a true partnership in your it lives. Was. Yes, it was. Laura, it was uh, one of the best partnerships because that's what my son says today. He says, Mom, uh, you know, we're a team, you know, and, and so that's very important. The other thing is, um, you know, I feel I told you in the beginning about my mom, and I feel truly blessed by having the parents I did, which is probably why I didn't have all the other confrontations because I was raised in a very loving home. But my son says to me, the best thing that ever happened to me was being born to you and dad. So you can't ask for more than that. Yeah, I always say I won the lottery, the parent lottery pool as well. And not everybody has that. So you should feel really good inside, Gail, that your kids are saying that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why I'm just saying, you know, when I hear some of these stories, and I heard a lot of them uh, in this past week, I thought to myself, I cannot even imagine going through things like that. Not that I don't believe they exist, but it just, uh, you know, I was taught very early to accept um, accountability. And um, I remember when, when I think I was, I don't know, in the, I don't know, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, something like that. And I had these boys that lived next door to me, a uh, Greek family, and I had taught the, the boys to speak English. I mean, we were very good friends. But they started a rumor about me in school, and I came home very upset. And my father said to me, what's wrong? And I told him, and he said, come on. I said, what are we go where are we going? He said, next door. And we went there. He knocked on the door, and the boys came to the door. And he said, I understand you're spreading rumors about my daughter. Is that true? And, of course, they're looking very sheepish. Right. And, you know, she, he said, I want an apology. I don't want this ever to happen again. And that's it. And, and it never did. And it taught me very early on there's accountability and you are responsible for yourself. And you actually had somebody stand up for you. And oh, yeah. 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 
They also told me when I was wrong. I mean, I mean, I had to go out with the first boy that asked me. I couldn't go out with the second, whether I liked him or not. I, I had to, um, you know, there were just certain things. I, I was expected to come home with good grades because I could, uh, not because I was rewarded with money. And uh, it was really interesting, um, the differences in the families around me, how they rewarded their children and how my parents said, you know, this is, this is what you're supposed to do. So it was accountability, a big, and that's still part of who I am is the accountability factor. Right. They stood up for you in many ways and in a lot of ways, not what you would have thought, but because they gave you that confidence, that accountability, you're being the spunky old broad into your, how old now? Oh, I'm 80 years old, Laura. Right. That's what I thought. I wasn't sure. I thought it was 80. But, you know, like when you meet you, you know, when I met you and other people who met you at Steve Ulsher's New Media Summit, it's like nobody thinks you're 80. Yeah, I would have thought 60. 65 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, I take really good care of myself. I mean, I've been through a lot. I'm a three-time cancer survivor. I've had 16 surgeries. As a matter of fact, my my ribs are broken right now. I'm going for a bone scan tomorrow. Oh, no. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've been through a lot, but I, I just keep on going because that's what you do. And I worked out this morning. I had to be very careful. I can't do sit-ups or anything like that. But today was my upper body time. So I rode the bike and then I did my upper body. And um, yeah, so it's just, I take really, really good care of myself. And when we come back from the national news break, we're going to talk a little bit more about that because being an SOB involves a lot more than you think it does to all my listeners out there. So we'll be right back with more from Dr. Gail Carson, the spunky old broad, uh, founder of the SOB Radio Network and uh, just an amazing, amazing human being on the planet that I'm so grateful I get to introduce you all to. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. If you're just joining us live on the uh, live radio part, um, you've just finished listening to national news and commercials. If you're listening to us in 61 countries around the world, listening to us on the podcast, you didn't have to listen to any national news. You got to just come right back to my spectacular voice and my spectacular guest today, Dr. Gail Carson, the spunky old broad who kicks butt. Her branding is SOB. And um, Mr. B, my producer engineer he happened to just see a copy of the cover of the book that i printed off the web and he goes oh there's the sob book so um (laughs) that i thought that was really funny he's like oh and he has this huge smile on his face gail well that's good that's what i hope everybody feels (laughs) (laughs) it's totally great now before the national news break we were talking about how you at 80 really look like you're 65 or, or less as far as I'm concerned. And I feel a lot older than my 55 years with my health issues that I've got going on. And you've actually written books and have programs about being healthy. Um, I'm ready to see you start doing, remember those old um, videos that Jane Fonda did, all the aerobic oh, stuff? I sure do. I sure do. Yes. <laughs> so that's going to be you. We're going to have you in spandex doing some exercise routines. Well, I can tell you, you, no one can top Jane Fonda. She is something else. I mean, she may have had some work done, which I never did, but whatever, she looks fabulous. So, And she's now, I think, 81. So um, 
There's hope for all of us. <laughs> I think you're going to have to interview Jane Fonda. I would love, 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 love to interview Jane Fonda. So if anybody out there knows her, I want to interview her. Please send her my way. Let her know. But she would be great on the uh, SOB radio network for you to interview. She would. She would. And if I if I could... I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all would. The woman is truly amazing. I actually mentioned her in my book, What Would a Wise Woman Do? And some of the stuff that she's gone through in her life. So with the, with the exercise and the fitness, why is that so important for especially women, well, anybody really, but over 50 to make sure that you are doing things for your health? Well, I think there are a couple of reasons. First of all, it gives you energy to keep going. I mean, there, when you work out, you feel good. And it depends. I mean, everybody wants to do something different. There are things I don't like to do. I mean, I'm not a yoga fan. I'm more of a weight training and active, you know, uh, exercise type of thing. But exercise absolutely makes you feel better. And therefore, it allows you to work longer, be better in the day, have a better disposition. So, and the other thing I think, it allows you to bounce back faster. With all the surgeries I've had, people have always been amazed that I'm still, you know, like two or three days after an operation, I'm on stage maybe with bandages wrapped around me, but I'm on stage speaking. And so, you know, I just think it gives you a, just a lot of recovery time that other people just don't have. And you're just able to bounce back better. Do you listen to music or podcasts when you're working out? No, I do probably what most people shouldn't be doing. I don't know. But when I'm on a treadmill or a bike, I'm reading People magazine because I don't have to think. I mean, I just it just is very amusing to me, very informative to me, and I don't have to think. So that's what I do when I'm on the bike or the treadmill. Uh, when I'm exercising, um, well, if I'm in a class, there's music going on, and a lot of what I do is in a class because I do like classes. If I'm working out by myself, like I did this morning uh, in the gym that I have in the building, no, I just do my exercises. I know what I have to do. I've got, I change my routine every 30 days, and um, I do, I just do it according to uh, to whatever I feel like at the time. However, what really does gripe me, I will tell you, are the people who at the gym are on their cell phone. They are on their cell phone more than they're working out. I don't even bring my cell phone to the gym. I mean, I do when I'm, I'm going to the gym outside of my building just so I have it in case of a driving emergency, but I never look at it, never listen to it or anything. When I'm in the building, I don't take it with me. So I think that it just gives you an energized feel. That makes a, that makes a lot of sense, but it, it really sounds like you found what works for you that keeps you energized to keep working out. Well, I have to confess, it's almost like an addiction. I feel like if I don't do it, uh, I'm missing something, or I won't feel as good, or I'm going to be tired, or whatever. It's just like it's crazy now for me to be working out, because I do have pain. I'm not going to say I don't have pain. I'm in pain every day, actually, because of all the surgeries. However, if I don't work out, I just don't have the same kind of energy or feeling of just life. And so it's important to me, yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever 
except when I was in my 20s, ever felt that I, I couldn't live without working out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, I know. I'm weird. What can I tell you? No, I love it. My friends that really have no trouble working out, it's they've they've crossed that border, that line that enables them to keep keep going. And you know, I think that's so much about things that my listeners talk about and that the audience that you speak to as well, they're looking for whatever that one thing is that lights them up and keeps them going and keeps them wanting more. Yeah, and that could be a hobby. It could be, um, you know, a, a theater. It could be uh, learning a new language or skill. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that inspire you or keep you going, but there's just nothing like like uh fitness now whether it's swimming or walking or as i say yoga or pilates or strength training i mean they all have different aspects and are for different things but um i think that a combination of keeping yourself mentally challenged as well as, as well as physically challenged makes a big difference do you think there was a specific turning point in your life that led you down the path that you're on now you mean in terms of um, business or in terms of how I live my life? How you live your life? Um, I don't think so because I've always done what I wanted to do. I mean, if I didn't like what I was doing, I changed it. And so I just, I never was, um, shall we say, the norm. In high school, um, I never went to my graduation because I had finished school early, and I was at uh, Gross Singers Resort in the Catskills oh, dancing. Wow. And uh, my college, I finished early, so by the time my classmates finished in June, I was already down in Miami working, and uh, so I that never happened. And when I got my doctorate, I didn't go because I was so glad to be done with it that I, you know, I didn't attend. So I've actually never even gone to any of my graduations. And so, um, yeah, I just always kind of done, I did the things properly, but I always kind of was beating to my own drum. Okay. Yeah. I, I was just reading over your bio again, cause it always blows my mind when I read your bio. <laughs> I keep finding new new things, and I was listening to you say, you know, you didn't go to your graduations, and it thought and took me back to when I got my master's from Polytechnic, Brooklyn Poly, Polytechnic University, which is now part of NYU, and my parents took me to Tavern on the Green in Manhattan to celebrate getting my master's afterwards, and I didn't go to that graduation. My parents just took me to um, out to this awesome meal at Tavern on the Green. I love Tavern on the Green. I took my mom there for her... 80th birthday, um, uh, and uh, with my sister, and uh, yeah, I love. But it closed, I think. Yeah, it did. I don't know if it reopened or not, but it was definitely a piece of New York City history that was just like nothing else you could ever right. encounter. And it was a really special treat to go there with my parents and for my masters and stuff. And it, it really interesting to me how there are certain things that help us mark moving to a new level right right and yeah you know i mean everything that uh, even marrying my husband my parents didn't approve of him and uh uh kind of disowned me of course they ended up loving him but it was uh, you know just 
everything in my life, if I felt it was right, I did it. Even at, like moving, moving back in the late 50s, uh, 1,500, 2,000, 3,000 miles away from home was just not done by nice young girls. So uh, I just packed two suitcases and five days after I finished my last class, I was in Miami. So, um, you know, and eight months later, I owned the business I worked for, and I was 21 years old. So it just, um, if I felt it was right, I did it. Now, have I made mistakes? You betcha I have. But uh, a lot of good things have happened as well. All right, let's talk about that making mistakes thing. I know this is something that a lot of my listeners struggle with, the whole concept of they're afraid to fail. And I know everybody talks about, you know, failure helps create something new. But when somebody's stuck in that fear of taking that first step, what do you say to them, Gail? Well, you may want to just tiptoe in there. You might just want to put your toe in there and test it first. You don't have to go all hog into it. I mean, there's certainly ways you can see whether this is for you or not. But, I mean... What is the fun of staying in the same place all the time, and how can you progress? I mean, you you really do need to control your own fate, and I think that's uh, most of the things that have happened to me is because I've pushed for them. Have other things just popped in kind of um, unknown? You bet, and I'm very happy for those. But a lot of the things that I really wanted, I had to push for. And so you don't get anywhere if you don't try. I love that. There is no try, only do, right? The exactly. famous words of Yoda, which he actually never said that quite that way in the movie, but it just seems to work really well for most of us out there. All right. Now, Gail, you've got a radio network as well, the SOB radio network. And I mean, you've got how many shows that you personally host? Like a dozen yeah, I do 12 shows uh, a month, yes. Those shows vary in topics all over the place. I mean, you have women in business, you have living regret-free and many others. It, it For some people, they think you're a little schizo because of all the different topics that you, you talk about. What helped you decide where you wanted to focus? What lit you up? What were some questions that you asked yourself that helped you? Actually, you know what? I'm going to hold that because we're going into our last commercial break. So I'm going to take us into that right now, and then we can talk about that. Okay, Gail? Sounds good to me. All right. We'll be right back with more from the awesome, amazing Dr. Gail Carson, author of How to Be an SOB. All right, Gail. So I asked you just before we went to our last commercial break. So what are the, some questions that you asked yourself that enabled you to choose your areas of focus? Well, I'm interested in so many things. I know that, uh, in fact, I used to say if anybody looked at my reading material, they'd wonder who I was because it was so diverse. So I think it's because I was interested in so many things. But I had been asked by Entrepreneur Magazine maybe 15 years ago to start the Women in Business show. And I did that. I interviewed some really neat, uh, uh, you know, personalities like uh, Doris Roberts from Everybody Loves Raymond and Lisa Gibbons and so forth and so on. And uh, so I did that for, for years. And then Entrepreneur was sold and they changed everything. They stopped the shows. They changed everything. And so I didn't do radio for maybe a year or two, and then 
um, you know, I met the gentleman who runs the station, and that's the whole ask also, just to give any, everybody an idea. I met him at a, a Chamber of Commerce event for non-for-profits. I wasn't supposed to be there. I shouldn't have been there, but somebody said go, so I went. And when he introduced himself and I realized that he owned a station, I went up to him asking if he needed new talent. Of course, he looked at me as if I had four highs, and <laughs> you know, but as it worked out, my show, Women in Business, went to number one, and then he asked me to do another show, which was Living Regret Free, because that's what I was talking about at the time with Women 50 Plus, the seven secrets for living regret free. And then, um, then he said, you know, there's so many women over 50 who I know would be interested in everything you have to say. Let's do a show for women over 50. And I was really jumping up and down about that when he called back not, I don't think, three hours later and said, we'd like to give you a whole network and uh, have you find women over 50 to do shows for women over 50. So it all started because I went to this event and had the courage to go up to him and say, are you looking for new talent? And, of course, him thinking I was some crazy person. So that's really how that all started. But when you went up, to, when you went to that event and you decided to go up to him and say, are you looking for new talent? Were there any thoughts going through your head, any questions going through your head? Because I know my listeners, you know, the show is, it's all about the questions. They're, they're looking for what questions you ask yourself that enable you in that moment to take that leap? Well, I did say to myself, uh, I wonder if I should go up to him and, and introduce myself. I wonder if he is hiring any new people. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. And finally, uh, like I say, most of the time, nothing ventured, nothing gained. <laughs> right. So I went up to him. But basically it was, you know, am I going, am I going to, be sorry I do this and you know there's only two things any people can say to you yes or no so you got a 50-50 shot yeah my father always said to me if you don't ask they can't say yes Exactly, exactly. Smart man. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's in heaven with my mom as well. And I always think of that when I'm asking somebody to be on my show or trying to do anything in my life that people are like, how could you ask that person that? And I'm like, well, if I don't ask, they can't say yes. What's the worst? They say no, you know, and I can still ask them again because maybe it just wasn't the right time. <laughs> exactly. I agree with you. <laughs> how much do you think timing has played in your career? I think it's played a lot. Um, I mean, I, I think that, um, I think my whole career would be different if it was taking place now instead of starting 60 years ago. In what way? So, because times are different, uh, uh, opportunities are different. Maybe it would be worse, maybe it would be better, but it would be, I think, entirely different. Um, you know, I started out as a singer and a dancer. That's what I really started out to do. And then the only way I could get out of my hometown was to go to college. So I went to college, and, um, uh, you know, I just didn't think it was that hard. So I, I got out in three years, and, you know, I just, but all I ever wanted to do, all I ever wanted to do from the time I was three years old was go to work. That was all I ever wanted to do. And I still feel that way. I know, I mean, people say, well, don't you want to retire? People, I said, people retire when they don't love what they do, but if I love what I do, why should I stop doing it? So, yeah, I, I've just always wanted to work. 
Well, one of the things that I know about you is you make a difference for everybody that encounters you. You, I know for me, when I met you and we're sitting next to each other as I was helping Jackie at her booth for her Speakertunity product, which if anybody out there is a speaker and is looking for lists, you want to go to speakertunity.com. Give Jackie a little plug there because I love what she's doing. The energy from you. And I was feeling so depressed and, and just heavy when I got to that event to help her out. And sitting next to you... And also sitting next to Ann Garland, T.R. Garland on the other side, I felt so energized when I left, just being around you, which was wow, truly I didn't amazing. Wow, I know that, so thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, it was really my first time sort of out um, and about since mom had passed away. And, it, you know, at an event like that, and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't even know if I can turn myself on for it. And I, I was watching you and we were chatting. So, I mean, it to be somebody like that in the world is a truly, truly special thing. So I hope you know that. Oh, well, I thank you for that. Thank you very, very much. So before we, you know, we're getting to the last few minutes of the show and I, I want to make sure because I've gotten a couple of emails from people. They want to know how they can reach out to you. And I know you offer a lot of different programs that can help a lot of different people and they're all up on your website, but how do people reach out to you if they have questions or need some help? Well, first of all, my website is spunkyoldbroad.com, so that's not hard to uh, remember. Uh, they can sign up for my newsletter that goes out every Monday so they can keep up with what I'm doing. If they want to email me, they can email me at gale, and that's G-A-Y-L-E, galecarson13 at gmail.com so they can get me there. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter so they can get me there. And um, basically, I think that that kind of covers it. But uh, there's lots of programs I developed that aren't even on my website. So, for instance, if people want to go, I have a mindset program, they can go to sobmindset.com. I have a program that uh, trains people how to get on radio or television, and they can go there, and that's uh, SOB. Well, actually, the uh, site is SOB and the number six, SOB6tips. Dot com. So they can get me in several ways, and I'm always very responsive to everybody who contacts me. And they can listen to your radio shows on how? They can listen to my radio shows if they go to sobradionetwork.com. There's a list of everybody that's a host, and you'll see my shows there. Um, I also publish them in my newsletter every week. They can also go to radioearnetwork.com and my uh, Women in Business show and Living Regret Free show uh, are there. So they can go to several different places. Well, you just make it really easy for people to find you. <laughs> we hope so. <laughs> <laughs> and when you Google uh, Gail Carson, everybody, she pops right up. So in case you were listening to this live and, and weren't writing anything down, which hopefully you were not writing things down while you were driving your car, but it does go to podcast and you can get it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, and Laura steward.com or it's all about the questions.com probably the easiest way to get to all of the recordings of the show gail last thought you'd like to leave my listeners with my saying my favorite saying is that women are like fine wine they get better as they age and that is so true for you and i'm starting to feel that for myself now so thank <laughs> you for that <laughs> 
<laughs> You're very, very welcome. Do you have a, a, a favorite question that you like to ask yourself every day when you get up? Well, uh, more than asking myself a question, I know that's what your show is all about, it's to wake up with a smile and go to bed with a smile. And so uh, that's very important to me. The other thing that um, I would say if I was going to ask a question is um, how would I have preferred to live today or how do I want to live my life today? And that makes a difference in how I am as well. I love that. Thank you so much for being on my show today, Dr. Gail Corson. Thank you for having me. And everybody, remember, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking yourself today? And I encourage you to go out there and be an SOB, because you know what? That's what makes the world go around. Have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today. 